Welcome to the Raising Real Estate Standards Podcast with your hosts, Brian and Mark Mann. Welcome back to another episode of Raising Real Estate Standards. Uh, we've got a special guest today with Brian and myself. Uh, we're here with Stacy Hires with uh, Remax Realty Consultants. Welcome. Welcome, Thank Stacey. You. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, today we're going to kind of dive into um, conversations that Brian and I have had with uh, a number of people that we've coached. Um, and um, that is the, the, the issue of seasoned real estate agents that have been in the business for, you know, three plus years. Um, and you know, that can extend into, you know, 15, 20 years, uh, being able to take their business to the next level and next level really is a, um, it's an ambiguous term because people's levels are at different places. Um, you have folks that are, um, you know, barely making, uh, Thirty thousand dollars a year, um, and wanting to get to that eighty thousand dollar a year level because that will change their lives. And then you have people that are making a um, hundred thousand that are looking to take their business uh, to two hundred thousand or three hundred thousand. And there's those jumps to different levels are are um, uh, big jumps, and you have to break through some ceilings to get there. And uh, so that's what we're going to kind of unpack today. I know Stacy has. Uh, um, uh, made these jumps in her career, and we'll kind of walk through those struggles and whatnot. So, uh, wel- welcome. And uh, so, Stacy, do us a favor. If you'll talk to our audience, you know, kind of lay the groundwork of who you are. Some people might not know who you are, how you got into the real estate business, and uh, we'll just go from there. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Um, my name is Stacy Hires, and I have been in the business for over 18 years now. Um, I kind of got in by accident. I think a lot of people actually do kind of, they fall into it. And um, my husband and I had an opportunity to come home to Greensboro, which is where we're from, after being gone for about seven years and run a property management company, which we knew nothing about. So much fun, isn't it? It was horrendous. (laughs) And I was a stay-at-home mom with three little kids at the time. And I looked at Christian, my husband, one day, and I said, I am miserable. I hate doing this. I'm not chasing rent. I'm not fooling with repairs. And I said, but I kind of like this real estate gig. And I said, maybe I'll go get my license. I had no clue what that meant. None. I just went, took the class, didn't know how to go about picking a place to work. Like I said, I had three little kids at home. Um, Got into it, started with Prudential Carolinas Realty. And... um, started doing foreclosures. And I did foreclosures for about 15 years, selling for the banks. And um, I knew that I didn't want to do that forever. I knew that the market would not be there forever, so that I needed to transition into the retail side of things. And I started that transition probably about eight years ago, but I really dove into it about three or four years ago. So yes, I have 18 years of experience, but really only three or four years as a true full-time in the, you know, boots on the ground type of agent. Awesome. Awesome. Well, so, so you started out in the foreclosure, you, so you went from property management to the foreclosure business mm-hmm. to retail uh, general brokerage. Um, talking about going from, you know, the trenches, <laughs> scraping your nails on the ground, just, just, you know, clawing it for every little bit yep. to uh, a little bit of a different world. 
Very much so. So it, what, it, it's like the Rocky feature, you know, like I'm up there and fists are high and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. well, I mean, the there's the foreclosure business is a is a good business, and and, very and much you so. did very well in that business. Yep. Um, but uh, walk us through, and we'll kind of kind of walk through a couple of your. Uh, um, aha moments or ceiling breaking through moments. So walk us through the decision of, of going from being an REO specialist or a bank owned property specialist into working with the general public. Um, and what were some of the um, great things? And then what were some of the struggles that you, that you happened along the way as you were growing that business? Yeah. So I, was known as like a foreclosure queen for a while. You know, I was one of very few females here in town who did the REO business. And I knew I didn't want that title forever. I am a very casual person, you know, me wearing jeans and, you know, a a polo shirt is very common for me. You're not going to catch me in a dress and pearls very often. And that was kind of from my REO world. So, um, you know, I knew that that's, I, I needed to make my own facade of who I was and be who I was and be authentic, but not sell the thirty, fifty, seventy thousand dollar properties all day long. And so originally I started just kind of leaning in on my sphere. You know, everybody you gotta work with your spheres. So between church connections and my kids' school connections and stuff, I started getting it out there more and more that I was a real estate agent and not just a foreclosure agent. Cool. Cool. Um so um uh, as as you made the transition um, and with anything, there's going to come those bumps in the road. When you know, when you switched over, and you know, as a great business in the 2008 period of the foreclosure business was, I mean, you know, I know for a fact you were doing a lot of transactions, and then the switch over, and not you know, the number of transactions came down, but obviously the price point went up. What were some of the the struggles in in running that type of business, um, the different types of businesses? So with the REO business, we would kind of work our asset manager schedules. So it was kind of nice because we were eight to five Monday through Friday almost. Um, in the retail world. Not many people are eight to five Monday through Friday in real estate. You know, we're we're showing on weekends, we're negotiating at ten o'clock at night, you know, whatever it takes to get that deal done. So it was a different dynamic um, from that family viewpoint, you know, again, having three kids at home and a husband, um, you know, that now mom's not here as much as she used to be. So that was an internal struggle that I had. Um for a while, my kids have forgiven me for it, but you know they they they're they're okay with where we are. So um, you know we had that issue where I had to figure out new set of hours, you know, and then figuring out marketing and just you know a different kind of checklist. I'm big into checklist. Any anything I can put on a checklist, I do. And in the REO world, we would have. Um, tasks that would show up in our different portals. And it was great because it was my checklist. When I switched over to the retail world, I had to, you know, make my own checklist and and make sure that we had everything rolling forward um, so that nothing got missed. Sure. sure. So speaking of checklist, I want to, I want to break into this. So um, you've gone from REO world to uh, general retail brokerage. Um, you had a lot of um, infrastructure around you in the REO business. When you broke into the general brokerage aspect of the business, um, it was like you were just on your own. You were just mm-hmm. you were there, and then and then business came in. and And what happened? What, what were your struggles then, from that standpoint of just you know you didn't have the infrastructure at that point. 
I had to create it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I had to go in there and, you know, my partner, Rick, years ago, he used to always have a list going. And there, there's a little bit of an age gap between us. And he would always say, just wait, Stacy, just wait. You're going to need a list too. You're going to, you're, you know, as you get older, you're going to need a checklist. And, and he's right. Don't tell him that, but he's <laughs> right. Um, you know, and now I live on lists. I live on checklists. I live, you know, my Alexa keeps my grocery list. You know, I've got my checklist for my business, you know, all of that stuff. So getting all of that geared up is where I needed to get started because I floundered for many years, just not with business, but tracking my business. Where did it come from? You know, treating myself as a business, you know, how did I get to where I am? And now I do that. You know, now we talk about business planning every year in like January, December, stuff like that. What are you going to do for next year? Well, now I know where my business is coming from because I've been tracking it because I keep the list because I have systems in place. Right. So, um, let's celebrate you for a second because you, you really, um, the, first three years, you kind of, you grew, but you kind of plateaued off at a point. And then uh, the last few years, um, last year specifically, or this year specifically, you've taken off. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about that. I don't know what happened. No. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it was just one of those things, again, getting those systems in place. Um, I brought on an assistant about three, two and a half, three years ago. And it, it was pre-pandemic. She was working with me one to two days a week. We were trying to figure things out. I'd never done this before. I didn't want to bring on any type of full-time assistant and be responsible for their livelihood. You know, it's like if I have a bad year or a bad month and I've got to cut your hours, now your family is going to suffer. So that was a big struggle for me. So I brought Rachel on, and um, she's phenomenal. Nobody can steal her, I promise. She's extremely loyal, too. Um, But I brought Rachel on, and I always made it a focus for her. She was a stay-at-home mom with three kids, and I always said, your family comes first. No truer words were spoken than when the pandemic hit, and now I'm in a situation where she's at home because she's having to virtual school her kids, and I'm at home, and, you know, I come back to the office, and I'm like, okay, what do I do now? You know, because she did have so many systems that we were working on. And in about June of last year, I reached out to her and I said, we got to figure out how to get you back in the office. I need you back in here because we are office people. I am not good working from home. We have that ability, which is great. And I love that flexibility, but I'm just not good at doing that. So we got her back into the office between grandparents keeping the kids. Her husband was working from home. Flexibility. It was just, it was fantastic getting her back in. Having her in and continuing to implement those systems and checklists and stuff, last year I had my best year of real estate until this year. This year I've had my absolute best year of real estate. So I'm hoping and praying it continues to grow and, you know, um, I continue to track where the business comes from and get that repeat and referral business. So I just got a quick question. Um, Last year was your best year of real estate. This year is your absolute best year of real estate. What's next year going to be called? Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. But the nice thing is, is that I don't feel like I'm running a rat race. I'm having the best years of my life, and I'm not working 60, 70 hours anymore, which is great. And a lot of that's because of you know, using somebody like Rachel and kind of bouncing some of those ideas and having those systems in place to where I'm not floundering trying to figure out what's next. Did I do this? Did I take care of this? Um, it's all taken care of. Cool. So, uh, sorry, I'm going to jump, jump in for just a second. So I, 
a term that gets thrown around a lot in uh, real estate and and just in general entrepreneurship um, is leverage. Mm-hmm. Um, and leverage can be taken a lot of different ways. And what you have just kind of uh, um, dissected is is how you're using leverage in your business, how you're able to, you know, I remember sitting down with you um, a few years ago and, and, and you had a goal of where you wanted to be financially. Uh, we started with that. And um, there was a ceiling there that you that kept butting our, your head against. And, you know, we had to figure out how are we going to break through that ceiling? Well, the breakthrough was getting you out of part of your business. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, I've, I've, you know, a lot of our you know, business partners, they'll, you know, ha- you can ask them right now. Who, what is the biggest bottleneck in our business? It's me. It's yeah. you. It's you. It's it's, yep. it's us. We're the biggest bottleneck in our business. And if you can remove yourselves from those things that um, um, are not causing your business to run smoothly, and you can bring somebody in that's so much better at those things than you are, everybody wins. The person doing them wins because they're they're doing things that's uh, you know making them feel good. They're getting compensated well for it. And then you're getting, you know, your your time back, which you can use for friends, uh, more business, whatever it may be. Um, but adding leverage into your business is key. And I know we, we've talked about that a lot. Um, and so uh, walk us through what that, uh, what that felt like when you finally realized, you know, you broke through the the scared, you know, we're not going to go through the, I'm scared to do this. You know, we understand that, that bringing somebody in or adding something into your business is scary. But w- walk us through what it felt like or when you, you, you had that aha of, okay, this was the right decision. Just getting my time back. I mean, you know, honestly, as as I brought Rachel on, she's now three days a week for four to five hours a day, I think, something like that. Um, I started realizing that I now had time to go hang out with friends. I knew that I needed to be with my clients, not sitting back and doing Facebook marketing, not sitting back and chasing contracts and chasing due diligence checks and stuff like that. That I wanted to shift over to other people. I'm better served trying to be creative, trying to be out there with my clients, showing houses, working on my marketing for them, stuff like that. So, you know, just really once I realized the time and where my talents needed to be spent, that was kind of my aha moment to be like, okay, I'm not, as much as I think I'm creative, I don't need to be spending hours on Canva creating digital marketing. You know, that that's just not income producing for me. Being out showing properties, being out in front of buyers and sellers for, for listing appointments and stuff, that's the income production that I needed. Awesome. Awesome. So let me ask you this. Um, uh, you know, our audience out there, there's a lot of people who are pulling their hair out right now. You know, I mean, there's a lot of business going on and people are just really, really busy. Mm-hmm. So if you were going to give somebody, all right, here's, the, here's one thing you need to get started to make yourself, make your business more efficient, to, you know, put leverage into your business uh, to be able to get some time out. What's, what's the one thing you'd tell them? The first thing is I am a control freak, okay? Um, me letting go was a big deal, and it still is a big deal. Like me letting that control go to somebody else. So I not only have my assistant, I also have a closing coordinator team. Um, you know, I've got a couple of different areas that I'm working through with that. And now I hand them a contract and they just oversee things. You know, they, they, they get me 
they, they, they've got their checklist, you know, that keeps me organized and they keep me copied on emails and stuff. So I still know what's going on. I'm still very involved, but I'm not chasing that due diligence check. I'm not chasing that inspection results. Um, you know, so that's really helped me as well, just to get to that where I've given up that control and now I don't have to have those sleepless nights wondering, oh gosh, did I take care of this? Did I take care of that? Now I know that I can go to my closing coordinators or my assistant and, you know, just, hey, where are we with this? And they have the answers for me. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm going to ask a question here. um, And I want you to be as honest as possible because I I think we've had this conversation before. Um, You're having your absolute best year this year. Next year is going to be the extreme absolute best. But right now you're having your absolute (laughs) best. My husband hopes so at least. (laughs) That's right. Um, Right now you're having your absolute best year. Can I ask you? How many hours a week do you think you work on your business? Um, 30 to 40. Did y'all hear that? 30 to 40. Not 90 to 180. Not no. 24-7. Um, 30 to 40 hours and having a, an amazing year, um, massive production. Um, this is what leverage is about. This is what Absolutely. leverage brings you. It brings you a peace of mind. It brings you balance in your life. And more importantly, um, and maybe not more importantly, but just as importantly, it brings you financial gain as well um, that, that you could not have achieved on your own. Um, and that's the important thing that as, as we, as we you know, as we're building our business and we're going through, um, you know, as a new agent, you want to learn the business. You want to know what's going on. Um, but as you learn the business and you understand the different aspects of it, if you're doing this with the mindset of, okay, I'm figuring it out, but I'm figuring out what I'm not good at, and then I'm going to actively try to to pull those pieces away from me so I can go do the things that I'm really good at. And in our case, most of the time, most high-producing real estate agents are very much type A personalities that like to be with people. And sitting behind a desk, shuffling papers and making sure that their files are organized is not the highest and best use of their time. Um, and so that is, you know, as, as a new agent, figuring those things out early on is super important. Um, and um, um, so as, as we delve into things, you were an early adopter, not an early, early adopter uh, into bringing on an assistant and helping you, you know, take your business to the next level because you did it within a very short period of time of making that jump away from REOs mm-hmm. to the retail side. Um, um, I know that um, uh, we're also uh, trying to build in leverage into our company to, to, to help agents that may have a fear of, of hiring that person because I know you had that fear of, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to make enough money to not only pay for myself and my family but also provide for this person who's given up their time to come work with me. Um, and so as, as, as people are starting to dip their toes on, there are other options out there, um, that, to, that don't require you to take that hundred percent leap in the deep end, um, and become a, uh, an HR manager and, a uh, and an employer. You can, you can leverage other aspects of stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. And, and, you know, one thing, yes, I work 30 to 40 hours a week. That's my choice. I could work 40, 50, 60 and make that much more money. But for me, time is more important. I love to travel. I love to, you know, do things around my house, see my kids who are all grown now. 
that's more important to me than trying to chase another paycheck. There's enough business for everybody. So I'm like, I'll take the, the you know, lighter workload so that it's kind of spread around for other agents too. I want to hit on something there too, because, you know, Mark, you talked a little bit about a mindset, but a, 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 really the mindset that you have to have, and, and Stacy's portrayed this, is you have to have that mindset of abundance, that we live in abundance and not the scarcity mindset. That that's the that's the biggest difference. Breaking out of that scarcity mindset, I've got to hold on to everything because it may not be here forever versus that abundance mindset. We're going to do great. So, hey, I need your help. So I'm going to give you this. I need your help. So I'm going to give you this. And then all of a sudden more stuff comes in. That is one of the biggest pieces to all this. Mm-hmm. It is. And, and it's one of the biggest struggles that um, new entrepreneurs or even experienced entrepreneurs have um, um, because, you know, it's not guaranteed. Don't be wrong. We live in a world of abundance, absolutely no question. And those that have that mindset uh, prosper on a much higher level than those that don't. Um, and so getting over that hump of, of not having to hold on to everything is, is, is a scary thing. But I encourage um, new agents to enter the business with that mindset and know that giving up is going to give you more. Um, and those that have been in the business for a long period of time that are literally tired. You know, you said that, you know, you said this a minute ago that the agents um, and in our business are working harder than ever to get a deal done and working numerous number of hours. Um, and they're just tired. I've had that conversation with my I'm just tired. Well, if you're tired, you're about a year to you're behind of, of needing to bring leverage into your business. Yes. Um, you should have done it before. I encourage you to do it now. Um, start where you are. Um, and, um, um, there have understand that there have been people who have done this before you. This is not, um, this is not rocket science. This is something that somebody has trudged the way before. So ask questions. Talk to somebody who has done it. Um, that's the one great thing about our industry. Um, people love to talk about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. We love to talk about ourselves. We love to talk about what we're doing. Um, not giving away the trade secrets, but uh, just in how things run, people love to talk about those things. Um, you know, it, it, as we as we wind, wind down today's uh, podcast, um, um, Stacy, do you have any final words for uh, our audience? You know, I mean, just like you said, if, if you're running that rat race and you just feel like you're always a step behind, you're a year late. You're, you know, figure out how to use that leverage. Um, you know, we've got other options at the office where I work where we can um, use showing services, stuff like that, which is amazing. Back in the spring when I was working 50, 60 hours a week, it's because I was very buyer heavy. And in this market, buyers, I love them. Don't get me wrong, but they can wear you out because you're you're gone of the days of, hey, it's the weekend. We're going to go see six houses today. No, you're in the trenches where it's like, oh, a house just popped on the market. We're going now. And that can get very tiresome very quickly. So knowing where you need to be with your business and where you can leverage that, finding a new agent to pay, you know, get, give them some money to go show when you're double booked. That's a, a one way to start leveraging. You're not committing to a full-time or part-time assistant. You're not committing to a couple hundred dollars on a transaction fee. 
you're committing to $50, $75 for somebody to open a door for your client to be able to get in, which is super important, with the understanding that they still are your client. They're just opening the door type thing. Sure. So that that's another way that you can really leverage your business and you know help out a, a brand new agent, but still allow yourself the time to serve all of your customers. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, uh, it's, I think this has been a fantastic topic. I think that uh, there's a lot of people out there that could take a lot from this. Um, and again, as we as, as you are listening to this, um, playing this back, just take action. You know, take the first step of of of, of uh, bringing leverage into your business. It's going to bring balance into your life. Um, if you're looking to break through those ceilings, if you've been at um, a fifty thousand dollar income and you're looking to get to a hundred thousand. Uh, or you're at a hundred thousand, you're looking to get to two hundred and fifty or three hundred thousand income, or you know you're at three hundred and you're looking to get to a million dollars in in gross commission income. It, you know, it's all about putting the right people around you, the right systems around you. Um, you are not going to personally do this by yourself. So just take that next step um, and 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 add leverage into your business. Um, thank you, Stacy. We, we really you. appreciate it and. Uh, Um, Until next time, this has been Raising Real Estate Standards, and uh, we will see you again. You've just listened to another episode of the Raising Real Estate Standards podcast. If you've benefited from what you've heard, please subscribe. We would really appreciate it if you rated, reviewed, and shared this episode. You can contact us at RaisingRealEstateStandards.com, email us at info at RaisingRealEstateStandards.com, And you can find us on your favorite social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all under the heading of Raising Real Estate Standards.